I'm your venerable host. You can call me Bobby, you can call me Zimmy, you can call me RJ. Hey, you can call me anything. Just don't call me over. I'm here with my good friend and colleague, Mr. Gil Rockettan. Hey. Yeah. Yes. I need the cat, sure, I need the cat, Mr. That's right. And today, this week, we're going to be discussing. We topic. should stop this now. <laughs> So that was uh, <laughs> the Bob Dylan interviewing Bane. <laughs> so welcome to Gillen Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. It's pure freaky, I can hear you in the headphones. It's very strange, we're sitting next yes. to each other and we're on Skype, so we're trying to... <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to change the recording quality. I think we're. I think this is some kind of ethereal, uh, I don't know, it's, it's nuts. Do you, want, you can turn the volume of your speakers down. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. No, I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> I want to turn the volume on my speakers down because I don't want to hear you. I can hear you. There we go. That's better. But aye, we're uh, we're sitting on the same couch, skyping at each other. We are indeed. We are indeed. Because we are sexy like that. Yep. And why are we doing this? Um, well, it's all in need of a good charity that we're both very fond of. And that's... Uh, <laughs> what, what charity is this? I, I don't know. <laughs> this is the clumsiest start we've ever done. I think so. I think mm. it might be. But that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, You've got no standards anyway, so you saying it's fine means nothing. <laughs> it's like last week's episode was hardly listened to by anybody at all, was it? <laughs> uh, last week's episode was our... By far our, our oh. busiest week by the time that by the time six hours had passed, it was the it was the busiest week that we've ever had. So yeah. just want to thank everybody for listening. We really appreciate yeah. it. And now um, it's now it's the busiest ever. It's absolutely not. So we really appreciate it. So thanks, guys. Well, this week we are talking about um, we're talking about a range of well, it's actually it's, it's a two parter. Yeah. Because next week we're we're also it's a Chris Massacre special. Um, yep. Parts one and two. Yeah. Ne- next week we have to do the eyebrows thing, like yeah. in a Silent Night, Deadly Night too. <laughs> I think we must. Where every word must be matched by a, a an inflection shown on the eyebrows. Yeah, That's garbage day. So we'll send it out a hearty salute to uh, the British answer to Rick Freeman, obviously Emma Watson as well. So uh, she's she's another friend of ours, a yep. friend of the show. Is she from Harry Potter? She's what? always moved her eyebrows. Oh, oh no, I thought you meant she was a friend of his. No, she's the not, not this <laughs> No, the exact opposite. She's more of an enemy of the show. She is, because she's awful. <laughs> she's, like, very, she's not Very, awful. very bad. But I just don't really like the Harry Potter films. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. Actually, I'm not. Fuck it. Fuck them and fuck the Hobbit. Yeah. So you're not going to see the Hobbit then? I was imagining. I'm going to see the you're Hobbit. You're first in line to see the Hobbit. I, it came out today. I haven't bothered. 
with it at all, really. I'll go and see it next Tuesday when it's uh, three pounds. <laughs> well, no, it's they put it up now. It's three pound twenty-five. Oh, there we go. But if we'd mean that John Obo Diaries wouldn't it be worth that, because <laughs> uh, that's that's a callback to something that nobody's heard yet. <laughs> How um, meta is that? Yeah, that's like, very like, meta. How do you like callbacks? So I put a callback in your callback. <laughs> yeah, so um, we also this week we recorded our first, uh, our first guest spot. Yeah, for the Villa podcast, our good friends at the Villa podcast. Um, and that was our first uh, recording via Skype. Yeah. Um, and that but was, we, were, we, were, we were distant to each other at the time. So yeah. Just, uh, so it's just, weird, I'm on Skype too, and I can reach out and touch you. But I don't want to. Oh, there you go. I've put my hand out there. Oh, said, oh there we there go. There we That's go. Romance. I feel a bit better um, Yeah, so this week's movies are uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Parts 1 and Part 2. Well, we, we wouldn't want to. We no, couldn't. No show without to. Punch, to be honest. Yeah, we're not going to do the rest of them. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Um, we're also going to be looking at uh, Scrooge, the 1951 version. Yep, uh, um, a ghost story at Christmas, which yeah. was, uh, was it BBC? Uh-huh. Uh, sure it, was it, a, it was a series of, uh, you know, they've just released the box set for Christmas, um, a ghost story for Christmas, and uh, we reviewed, we've just watched one of the episodes of that, and it was The Signalman. Yeah, they used to be on Christmas Eve throughout the 70s. Right, right. Um, so we're going to be talking about that one. Um, and Black Christmas. Black Christmas, That's yeah. That's the last one, the original Black Christmas, yeah. not the 2006 no, one. No, definitely not. Um, but anyway, what else have you watched this week? Anything? <laughs> What's on your list? I have a list yeah, again. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I really watched was In Search of Steve Ditko, the Oh, the Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Ross documentary. documentary. So I was, I was watching that. Um, so that was that was very interesting. Um, well, my and I noticed when I came in Bioshock, um, yep. which is also I, heavily influenced by the ideas of Ayn Rand or certainly a reaction to them. Yeah, um, uh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, yeah. I haven't really played it to be honest. I've played some of it and got a wee bit bored, but that's Bioshock too. Right, got, right. I haven't played the first one. I mean, the, the first one, as far as I can remember. Everybody says it's better, but that cost me a fiver. So no, I mean it looks great, um, but and it looks like it could be an open world type environment, yeah, but in reality it's, it's not. very linear. No. Um, I think I think it's the kind of world that you would maybe want to explore a lot more than, than you're really able to. Um, yeah, you can't even really break a lot of stuff in it. That kind of disappointed me. Yeah. I I would have. There's a bit when you. You can look out and see the ocean, yeah. and at one point you have to break the glass, ah. but you can't break the glass up until that point. Sure. And I was a bit disappointed because yep. I thought it would be fun if you could just kill yourself by drowning over and over again. But anyway, yeah, so my list of films this week are Farts of Darkness. Ah, great. That's so is that the, the Citizen Talks one, or is that the, no, the Terra Firma? Right, okay. The Terra Firma making of. Uh, Which is basically just Terra Firma. Yeah, it might as well be. <laughs> it's Terra Firma with no uh, no plot and no spoilers. <laughs> Don't watch it before Terra Firma, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but it's funny to watch afterwards. Yeah, definitely has. And uh, Scrooge, obviously, mm-hmm, yep. for this. Silent Night, mm-hmm. for this. Black Christmas, uh-huh. for this. Do you know that uh, Black Christmas was actually originally, or it was alternatively titled... Uh, Silent Night, Evil Night. 
Yeah. See, that would have been good if we'd been doing Silent Night, Deadly Night, Silent Night, Evil Night. Silent Night, Bloody Night as well. Yeah. yeah. We could have gone for a whole theme. <laughs> uh, also, Resident Evil Retribution. Oh dear. Sadly, I watched that after we recorded our best and worst thing. <laughs> so but I think that definitely falls in the best title. <laughs> it falls in the, I have no idea why I want to watch it again. Oh yes, I do, Mila Jovovich <laughs> category. My God, she is just... She's do they even have zombies in their movies? But well, I can never really remember zombies in any of the Resident Evil films I've seen. That they're not really. There's a... Uh-huh. Uh, in this film, most of the stuff that she comes up against is uh-huh. just like she's being tested, and it turns out that when they'd made their wee virus, they'd, uh-huh. they'd made simulations of like New York and Moscow right. and Hong Kong and everything, and yep. and she's in these things, and uh, it's just boring. Oh. But She's lovely. She sure is. She sure is. She's perfect for the character. Uh-huh. And the films are just badly made. Okay. Well, they're not badly made. It's just a really bad script and bad plot. They're, yeah. they're not good films. I think, personally, I would rather... I'm glad that they, they've, they've went that route rather than uh, well, rather than following any kind of structure of the, the, the games or anything like that. Yeah, but they, they could have at least picked a, a plot that was interesting it's that you, you get to the end of this film and you're like right so the entire the entirety of this film was she gets out of this place and ends up somewhere else and that's going to be like the lead-in for the next film which yep. it looks like the next film is going to be the last one right because okay. this ends with all of them kind of at the white house okay. and everything's surrounded by zombies and uh-huh. wesker's there again and he's like right. we're all that remains of humanity uh-huh. or something like that uh-huh. and then it pulls back and they're just surrounded by a swarm of zombies yeah. and people with flamethrowers. The most interesting bit of this film was the last couple of seconds. I hope no do is planning to see it because that is a it's pretty not comprehensive a, spoiler. That's not a comprehensive spoiler. <laughs> you know that by the end of every Resident Evil film... She's going to turn up somewhere cool and then and she's going to be, be a lead-in for the next. Two guns yeah, because yeah, the last one ends... It's not a spoiler where you see she's on the tanker and then an army turns up and then she's in the water. Sure. You know, that's how this one starts as well. Right. And it, it gives you like a five-minute recap of everything that's happened in all the other films. <laughs> Is that, would you say that's more than enough to really... Yeah, <laughs> but the Red Queen from the first one makes uh-huh. an appearance in this again. Great, right. okay. And uh, Jill Valentine's back in it. Cool. Oh well. She's got a little cameo at the end yeah. of four, but cool. she's in this and... Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good film, but <laughs> I really like her outfit. Okay, and what else have we seen? Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Black Christmas, the 2006 version. Ah, right, okay. What was that like? It can go fuck itself. Right, okay, so it's not worth us going back for that next week or anything? Or no, it's or awful. Yeah. Uh, Memento. Right, okay, yep. Which is always a, a fun film. Because I think yeah. the first time you watch it, you don't really realise that every scene is in reverse order. Yeah, you don't. Until it gets to the end. Yep. You can, I think on the DVD, you can watch it in the chronological order. Right. I've, I've never bothered with that because yeah. I enjoy it. And that's my list. Well, that's so it. Nine you'd be films. Very, uh, 
You've left the house this week. Yeah, I, I went out last night, visited some family. Yeah. Uh, so that's got, good, man. That's... Got disparaging comments on my sexy, sexy beard. I like your beard. That's nice. That's why you always stroke it, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly why. Um, and your beard. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a. It's actually been quite a nice week. I'm starting to feel a little bit Christmassy. Cool. Cool. That's uh, not usual for me. Yeah, what about you? Are you starting to feel the, the Christmas yeah, vibe? Yeah, definitely. I've well, I suppose you live in the city centre. You're surrounded by yeah. Christmas decorations. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I mean, basically from the 1st of December onwards, I listen almost exclusively to Christmas music. It's the Bob Dylan Christmas album. Which is good, and it's for charity. Yeah. I'm not knocking the album. I genuinely, whenever oh. I go down to my mother's on Christmas Eve, the first thing I'll do when I get in now is put on that Christmas it's, album. It's okay. I mean, it's it's one of these. It's it's one that gets a kind of really bad rap for Dylan fans. So it's one that I think. I think it's his best in years. No, not at all. Definitely not. I, uh, I, I anybody I that says that's not listened to much Bob Dylan in I, recent years. I've listened to lots of Bob Dylan in recent years, and the Christmas album is the no, best. It's really, really not. A, a fifteen-minute song about the Titanic. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> what next? A three-hour film about the Titanic. <laughs> well, I, personally, I think Tempest is incredible, but this is not. Uh, this is not a uh, Dylan cast as much as I wish it was. Well, anybody that wants to compare Tempest... Time out of mind, man. Time out of mind. Oh. It's the, that beautiful chess records type sound, the distorted vocals, uh, production yeah, but that's again just his, by Daniel Lanois. But that's just his throat now, the distorted no. vocals. Uh, well. <laughs> anyway. Nobody cares. I, I really liked it when he... I've, I've seen Dylan live. I saw him at the Exhibition Centre uh -huh. about... Would that be about eight years ago yeah, or I something like that? Oh, I was at the, the bar once. But... And everything was countrified. Uh -huh. yeah. I hated it. Yeah, I, th I think he's kind of... Has he toned that down He's now? toned it down a bit. Yeah, I saw Because him. he's quite short mm -hmm. and he had a massive white cowboy white hat steps. on. Yep. And it reminded me of an episode of The Goodies, mm -hmm. which uh, might not be a good reference for our American friends, but it was a comedy show <laughs> in the 70s. And one episode, the entire plot was that they had a star safari park. Right. And uh, at one point, one of them says, I've got us a new attraction. It's John Wayne. And all you can see over this kind of stable door is this <laughs> giant white Stetson. And one of the other ones says, that's not John Wayne, you've just put Ronnie Corbett in a big hat. <laughs> and for the entire Dylan gig, uh -huh. I was sitting there trying not to laugh because his hat was so massive yeah. and everything else he was wearing was black. Yeah. giant white hat. Well, at that point, he was mainly playing the keyboards as well, rather than whereas this time yeah. around, he's been back playing guitar and back in front of using the harp and, and yep. coming out to the middle of the stage whereas on that tour it was mostly to the, yeah, the right of the stage it was, yeah it was awful and yeah, it, it was great it was really disappointing honest. but that was that was the same day that St Andrews University gave him a, That's right. an honorary yeah, doctorate, doctorate and he fell asleep on the stage during the presentation <laughs> 
Man, I I would just say that they'll still need to like him as far as I'm concerned. I know, but I'd love to hear him snore. Let's need to like examine my. It's sound like a one two five motorcycle <laughs> in the distance. Anyway, right, horror films, man. Yeah, we need to get sure. back to the business. The oh business yeah, because we've been waffling for fifteen minutes, but it's picking up now. I can feel the energy. Is the magic coming? Are you getting it? Can magic you coming? feel that vibe? <laughs> That's just for you stroking your beard. Uh, that's like oh, that's uh, love stroking my beard. Friction. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm. I know that at some point in the next week I'm going to get rid of the beard. Right, right. And then I'm just going to be stroking my face, and nobody wants to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So should we perhaps take a break and then, or should we just move straight on to discuss? Uh, well, we've got five films, so we'll. We'll talk about one of them. Which one would you yeah. like to start with? Whichever you think. Uh, what will we will we start with? Black Christmas then? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Alphabetical. Sure. Well. Unless a ghost story at Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually that's quite short. We'll do that yeah, one. Yeah, that's first. that's a good one. The signalman. Yeah. With a denim Elliot, who invented <laughs> denims. <laughs> Another bodacious fact. For he also know. wrote the House of Elliot. Right, okay. Do you know that Elliot wasn't a name until he was born? And every Elliot. Elliot and E.T. is a tribute to the late Denim Elliot. So, who of um, course played Indiana Jones as well. So we get we start off with a, a, a man who's known only as The Traveller um, walking the English countryside. Um, in the distance we see a steam train approaching. Um, uh, I love the way when you, when you do these it makes me think of uh, when I switch on Sky, if it was on channel 999 and it comes up going for our uh, blind viewers, we have audio <laughs> description. A man walks in a door, a woman looks at him frightened. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Right. I'm so, kidding. So he's walking, the traveller is, is walking along, we see the, the train coming along and down by the track uh, he sees a uh, a man uh, who's dressed in signalman's gear. Um, he is the eponymous signalman. <laughs> so he um, tries to tries to catch his attention, saying, "Hello, down there." Hello. No, hello below. <laughs> no, it's hello down there. <laughs> hello, hello down there. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, the man responds in this kind of stunned silence. He doesn't understand. Yeah. He's, he's, he, he looks shocked. He's he, confused yeah, by the by the phrase. Yeah. So the traveller kind of ambles down, and they start having this discussion. And the signalman starts asking, "Well, why? Why did you? Why did you choose those particular words? Why did you say that?" But it's quite obvious because he was at the top of a hill, and the signalman's <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> And the man says, uh, well, um, that he, f he feels as if he was in some way drawn to there. Um, yes. Which is our first kind of clue that there's, there's more going on here than meets the eye. Um, so because the, the traveller reveals that he is a, he's a, now a retired gentleman, or, well, uh, not, not retired in, sure. the, in the modern day sense, uh -huh. but he has decided that he has done enough 
and that the world has a lot to offer <laughs> and that he would just take off and travel and as he's passing he's been kind of drawn to <laughs> to this spot yep. to go and t kind of talk to this man and they become kind of friends. Yeah, so they go into the kind of signal house and start um start kind of going over what his duties are, just, just chatting. They talk about women, the Philosophy and, and various, various topics and... Um, I thought the bit where they compared penis length was uh, a bit graphic <laughs> for the 70s. Um, but it was nice to see that Denim Elliott won that by a yard. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and the, the signalman basically, uh, they discuss the duties and he's clearly uh, he's clearly a haunted man, or a man that's uh, that's got something more going on. And yeah, he's he's very withdrawn yeah. from. Uh, well, he's he's not forthcoming, but uh -huh. you can you can see in in his face that throughout all the discussions, uh -huh. he knows that there's an elephant in the room. Ah, uh -huh. yeah, but absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's an elephant that he sees in the room that the other guy isn't aware of. Sure. I thought that was a really nice thing mm -hmm. is that throughout their entire discussions you get the idea that the traveller mm -hmm. has just felt drawn to mm -hmm. this place and is now enjoying a nice chat mm -hmm. and it's the signalman that thinks that there's something mysterious and uh -huh. deep going on whereas yep. in the initial conversation the traveller just isn't mm -hmm. concerned with anything. Yeah, as things go on though, he does he does start to question why he's acting in that yeah. type of way just before they kind of depart for the first time. Um, Don't call out. Yeah. So and when and then they arrange because they have a nice they have a nice night uh -huh. together and then the traveller decides to go into town and get a, a wee hotel room for mm -hmm. the night and says, Do you mind if I come back tomorrow? And he's like, well, I'm working at such and such uh -huh. a time. So, that's so nice. he's like, ah, so, I'm starting at 10 yeah, o'clock. Sure. He's like, I'll come back at 11, but don't call out. So he comes back and uh, they, they have this discussion uh, again about what's actually on his mind, what's, what's heating him. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting, it's a yeah. really nice uh, kind of set piece that, uh, that, that we get. Um, where the signalman gets to you know, a level of comfort where he's he's, where he's now willing to to, to, share that. to open up. Yeah, so I think probably better than I mean it's only uh, forty minutes long, so I would suggest I would suggest rather than us uh, going into any going, going detail, through all of it. Just yeah, to, I would say get a look at it because it's it's, it's on YouTube. Yeah. you can look it up. So what did you think of it, Gil? Uh, I I really liked it, although uh, it's. Charles Dickens wrote uh -huh. this, and of course he also wrote A Christmas Carol, which sure. we'll be talking about. So uh, tonight, Double Dickens, that's uh, one for the Trend. ladies Trend. there. But uh, yeah, I I really like this. I, I When I was watching it, I was thinking, I've, I've read the short story uh -huh. years ago, and sadly I no longer have my, my Dickens book. <coughs> That's, that's not a euphemism this time. Okay. <laughs> That'd be like my little red book. My Dickens book. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do really like it up until uh, later on. And we stop sitting there chuckling. I'm yeah. trying to be serious okay. now. You're sitting okay. there going, oh, all the innuendo. Innuendo. But uh, yeah, when the, 
when the hello below uh -huh. phrase hello is, down there oh uh, yeah sorry hello down there <laughs> hello is, below. is repeated uh -huh. i don't really think it works mm -hmm. to be honest mm -hmm. because it there's no there's no down yeah, there sure. you know it's yeah everything everything works in this and it's really engrossing and Till the yep. reveal, yeah, and that's uh, and even that's the, unfortunate. Even the, the walk over to the place, yeah, is uh, is it feels forced. Yep, um, it's, it's, it could have been dealt with a lot a lot better. And I mean, uh, without well, I seem to remember that when I read the short uh -huh. story, the reveal was better uh -huh. and was more. Uh, Why not the traveller? I just imagined that the, the traveller. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, but I think uh, because it leads you to believe that uh -huh. there's something with sure. the the traveller that in the short story the reveal is better because it's not the oh, traveller sure. and uh -huh. the traveller is basically just there to witness uh -huh. all of this yep. because if you don't have the traveller mm -hmm. then you've got nothing. Sure. So you need to have this character because it can't be... You can't introduce the person mm -hmm. that it turns out to be mm -hmm. at any point, really, because sure. then it just wouldn't work at yeah, all. Absolutely. So it's absolutely. it's an odd story because yeah, I think that the performances in this are all great. Yeah, but then there's a train driver that reminds me of one of the guys from On the Buses. Right. Like the one that was always okay. dead sleazy. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember what his name was, but... Yeah, I would say get on to YouTube and check it out. Sure. Probably before it gets removed. I don't know. I mean, a guy that obviously you know is a big, big fan of this type of thing, but it really reminded me of his work as Mark Gattis. Yeah. Um, because the stuff that he did for the League of Gentlemen, uh, the, the kind of monologues that he did, like the the mortuary attendant or yeah. the uh, the Stumphole Caverns. Uh, monologues. Oh, he, so they, he, those was, he of, was brilliant. Yeah, it really reminded me of those uh, those things. Even although it was it was two people rather than one, it still felt it had a similar feel uh, to the, the monologues that Mark got. It is quite like the the Christmas episode of sure, uh, League okay, of Gentlemen. Sure. Like some of the the short pieces in that, yeah. you can see that they're definitely influenced, influenced by, by a ghost story at Christmas Certainly. and. I want to actually check out all of them. Now. Uh -huh. I think that would be that would be good. And it's a shame we don't do this anymore. Sure. You know, all the way through the seventies, I think there's eight of them. Yeah, they did, they did a few in the the noughties or the nineties. Yeah, um, but they kind of revived it a wee bit. But it's not but uh, from seventy one to seventy nine, every Christmas Eve, sure, there was a like forty five minute ghost story yeah. on the telly. I think and generally that, there's a lack of interest in. Great drama, and in, in terms yeah. of trying to trying to fund great drama, I mean the kind of the kind of popular hits just now are like things like Derek Nabi and uh, oh, the part. Well, yeah, well, but I mean there are also things like the Paradise, which are pretty good. Mm. Um, and so, there was uh, one that was on Channel Four all last week, Monday to Friday. Sure. I can't remember what it was called, but I've recorded all of them sure. so I could watch it all. So there's, de more. there's definitely a need, uh, in my opinion, a need for more of that. Yeah, more um, strong drama. Yeah. Okay, um, so we'll uh, take a break just now and we'll yeah. be back right after this. After an advert that is 80 seconds long.
This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler's list of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avengers. The new favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at Devour the Pod. Podcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Don't answer with video. It's that expensive. No, it just uses more. Oh. But yes, we're back. I, I like the fact that you were like, will I not answer with video? You're sitting in front of me, I man. Just, I just want to know the reason. I just want to know why. All right. But yes, as you would say, we're back in the room. <laughs> we're back. Um, and our next movie is a Black Christmas. Do you feel Space Age wearing a headset? <laughs> Do you feel like a I feel like, fighter pilot? I feel like Thomas Dolby. At the end of every episode, we need to high-five like uh, Maverick and Goose. <laughs> With our, our uh, thumbs up. But we can't say which one each of us is because uh, that means that inevitably one of us uh, dies. Yeah. So, Black Christmas. And then becomes a doctor in ER. Right. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay, hey, don't worry. <laughs> I know, I'm being very apologetic yeah, this that's week. Okay, I'm a sorry, sorry excuse for a person. Listen, we don't want listeners. But yeah, we don't. Why, why, do we want, why do we want to entertain people? Can you imagine if every week was as popular as last week? <laughs> we would <Maybe>. be broke. <laughs> We'd be having to release it like, oh yeah, it's a 6kbps mp3s. Yeah. Um, so, um, Black Christmas. Yep, Black Christmas. Do you want to snob Gil? Yeah, because there's not really much to this film. There's a there's a sorority house mm-hmm. full of uh, mostly people that you don't really care about anyway. Right. And there's a mysterious person who keeps phoning them. Uh-huh. And, you know, we can spoil all the shit out of this one. It's, uh, it's older than me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... It has uh, Lois Lane in yeah, it. Yeah, it does. It does so, yeah. and it's got uh, a from Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, <laughs> this film proves uh-huh. yet again that he is quite possibly America's least effective law enforcement <laughs> officer. So, um, you know, I love that bit in Nightmare on Elm Street where his own daughter is screaming for her life <laughs> from across the street, and he's still like, ah, oh, nah, Johnny Depp's dead, we're going to have to check this out. <laughs> Yeah, yep. just leave Nancy screaming, help me, help me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the sorority house is 
uh, being pestered by uh, a, a guy who's making obscene phone calls. I really uh, liked the first one. What was that? Where he's like, you're a big cunt. You're a big cunt. I'm going to... Is, is he like... Was it, uh, I'm going to lick your pink right. cunt or something like that, I okay. thought. Yeah, it was quite, I, quite a quite I wasn't expecting it to be yeah. that graphic, was, you know, because cunt isn't a word that you hear in a lot of films, and to hear it in a yeah. film from 1974. I thought it was that section. Ah, it's, it's, it's a... Yeah. It's all, the, all the sections with the, the phone call was, I think, quite, quite upsetting. Um, but also a massive plot hole. What was that? Well, I'll get onto that later on. Oh, the massive plot hole of the phone calls. No, I'll I'll come back to okay. it, and then you'll go. Yeah, actually, that's a massive fucking sure. plot hole. Well, no, I mean um, because he he phones them up threatening because uh-huh. initially they're having a party. Uh huh. Which is really weird because like, what sort of party are they having where they seem to have filled the room with forty somethings who are all gonna go? We're sorority, and there's like, <laughs> like the guy. The I don't know if he's supposed to be like dead popular or handsome or whatever. Sure. He's like fucking balding and he's got uh-huh. a big afro type, <laughs> like one of these mad seventies afros. Yeah, I mean, I I find this film really interesting actually. It's I found like, it interesting, but uh, I thought that they picked the wrong ages of right, people okay, for yeah, you know because every everybody that's in it is. A, they look a bit too old sure. to be in a sorority yeah. house. Okay. That's okay. the that's one of the things that you can notice. But I don't know if that's maybe because I'm that used to seeing some of them in other things where they are older. Mm. Okay. But yeah, I I did enjoy the film. I like the mystery of it. Because you've got the the phone calls coming in mm-hmm. and then the things take a bit of a darker turn mm-hmm. when one of the girls goes upstairs mm-hmm. and then is just suddenly plastic bag over her mm-hmm. head and suffocated sure. and then stuck in the loft uh-huh. in a rocking chair yep. with a, a doll put in her lap. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, a, that was a bit creepy. Well, actually I was going to say about um, throughout the film I was really interested by the use of the, the kind of symbolism throughout the film. Um, we've got this this kind of oppressive character, this this oppressive male character who's um, who's acting in a very very sexualized manner towards the women. Um, but at the same time, we've also got oppressive male characters throughout, mm. and uh, and the role of the the, the father. Um, yeah, and the, the, the boyfriend, the boyfriend as well. There's a, there's a boyfriend who, I think it's Peter is his name, um, who's trying to encourage his girlfriend to have an abortion. Yeah, um, uh, he was yeah. he was one of my favourite characters and he's a the police officers frustrated are, pianist. The police officers are, um, are acting in such a way uh, that's because of the rebellious lifestyles and the, the kind of counterculture lifestyles that these women are, are, are living. The cops they, are very dismissive. They're very of dismissive them. of them and there's another character as well that, that escapes me that, that, that kind of further... Like the house um, mother? Is it? The, the drunken house mother? No, I really liked her. Was, uh-huh. was she finding their statues of booze or was that That was hers, that was hers yeah. Um, so I mean throughout we've got, we've got these, uh, these kind of characters that are kind of male characters who are oppressing them as the, as the, the thing moves along um, and I thought it was quite interesting that she was given the doll and 
put into a particular place. I felt that was that was kind of yeah um, quite symbolic of that of that uh, that action. But also, I mean, all the way through, we've got uh, things like um, Peter's threatening his girlfriend. If you get an abortion, you'll be sorry. Um, and even even the murder is is brought to mind. Uh, uh, Tennessee Williams glass menagerie. It's a oh yeah glass unicorn yep. that Barbara is stabbed with. Aye, which in the film, if she's got her uh, little collection yeah. of unicorns. So in, in the in the book, uh, the the uh, unicorn uh, represented uniqueness and this kind mm-hmm. of uh, it was it was a special object. And obviously we we we've seen that these these women are. Uh, are living what they put to be termed a deviant lifestyle, so they're living a, a different type of lifestyle to what society yeah, deems as appropriate. So she's deviant for the seventies. Yeah, I, I think that uh, these days you would just call them a bit bitchy. Yeah, they're so they're not particularly. But she's mod- nice. the point is she's modelled with a glass unicorn, which is full of significance in mm-hmm. that sense. Um, so yeah, I I really like the the kind of subtle layers that were that were throughout this film, and I mean it's as to all intents and purposes, it's a, a, a slasher, a dumb slasher, um, yeah. but um, it's, it's got a lot more layers than, than I, I really noticed, and the first time I ever watched it, I, I definitely didn't notice any of these things at all, but then the, the second time, you kind of start to kind of get these subtle, or no so subtle things. Uh, I've throughout. watched it twice as well, yeah. actually, this week, because I, uh-huh. I watched it again after I'd watched the remake, sure. just to try and get the remake out of my head. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the the remake focuses on the the character that mm-hmm. is uh, Billy, mm-hmm. who's revealed to, in this film, it's revealed that he used to live in this house. Right, okay, uh-huh. Well... I think that's the the insinuation in uh-huh. this film is that he lived in the house and he's escaped mm-hmm. from somewhere and he's gone back to the house that he lived in, which is now a sorority house uh-huh. and he wants all of them out so he kind of picks them off one by one. Right. Okay. So were any of these things kind of revisited in the in the, in the, the in the remake? They're they are revisited too much. Right. Okay. Because it gives he's like a. He's like a folklore that people talk about, like this, he was supposedly born with a liver problem, so right. he's very, very jaundiced, uh-huh. and he's he's just, he's really yellow, it's like that yellow bastard, but, uh, you know, from Sin City, yeah. but he's uh-huh. not, he's not as yellow, mm-hmm. but in the remake, the reveal that because he was jaundiced, his mother didn't want him. Mm-hmm. The father tried being nice, the mother was an alcoholic, got pissed off, killed the dad, he saw this, the mother then starts to keep him in the attic, which is, the attic's quite symbolic in the first film. Sure. And in the, I suppose in the remake it's good that they, they give you the, the attic as being, that was where he lived Mm -hmm. in the house. Okay. And he was kept there. Mm -hmm. His mother then has a spate of boyfriends and... At one point, she's uh, having sex with one of the boyfriends halfway up the stairs, mm-hmm. and the boyfriend passes out, mm-hmm. and she hears 
Billy moving about upstairs and goes, oh well, fuck it, I'll go and have sex with him. Right, okay. She then gives birth to a daughter who uh-huh. isn't jaundiced uh-huh. and who she actually does care for, mm-hmm. but the daughter's wary of because the mother's a deranged, crazy alcoholic. Sure. You get the idea that the daughter isn't really aware of Billy either. Okay. Because she's kind of suspicious of the attic. Uh-huh. Billy then escapes from the attic and removes one of his sister's eyes and eats it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that then, doesn't seem like it's touching on any other kind and of And then kills his mother as well. Does that touch on any of the... Brutally. It no, it's, it's... Seems very surface in that it's sense. It's really, yeah. really surface. And okay. the fact is, in the remake, you, you really don't care about any of the characters. And for it being a sorority house, they've suddenly made it in the middle of nowhere which you wouldn't imagine no a sorority sense. house yeah, would be. be. It should because sure. a sorority house is so that you can be close On to campus, yeah. yeah. But they're in the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. They, one of them at one point even sends a text message to somebody and you're thinking, why have they not phoned the fucking police? Yep. Yep. Because she's got a mobile phone and she's texting her friend and they're running about with mobiles. And you're like, Just get out of the house because Billy's in the house uh-huh. a couple of them try getting out of the house uh-huh. Billy kills them in the car it's it's awful mm-hmm. but it gives you a deeper love of the original because sure. the original is uh, you never even see Billy's face mm-hmm. in the original so I mean did this did this have the same kind of the, the strong female characters throughout or the it was well. No, I was saying that like, their alternative lifestyle these days would just be called bitches. How do they, they call bitches? What do you mean by that? Well, like uh, the one that plays Lois Lane, uh-huh. she's very, very bitchy and dismissive of just about everybody around right. about her. Okay. And I think she's probably the the most. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not alternative lifestyle now. I mean, the, the thing. But the, the I thing don't is, think their lifestyle is really all that alternative in the original because none of them take drugs or anything. You know those. There's no uh, kind of yeah, but the, the the kind of undercurrent is that they're having sex and drinking. Yeah, and that that's, that's, that, that is the deviant lifestyle. It's it's a side from I, the norm because they're see, women I, I and because they're they're women, they're independent women, and that's deviant from the norm. Yeah, but I think it doesn't work as strongly in the original because none of the characters seem particularly young. You know, they all seem of an age where you can imagine that they've been having sex for quite a few years. You know, See, all, I'm, I'm, I didn't, I I didn't go into seemed, that kind of level of detail with the, the ages of the I thought that they all seemed like they were... I kind of took it at face value that they're 18, 19, 20. There's See, I could imagine students. that they were in their last year of university. Yeah, and sure. That, uh, and that maybe the, the deviance thing was maybe just because the, the house mother mm-hmm. is very strict with them. Yeah. And it's her that doesn't want them. But then you're missing the whole point of the film. You're missing like the the point is that these are independent women, and that's the yeah that they are independent. All the way through it. Yeah, they're In all the independent that, women. The, the, they're trying to. I mean the the abortion scene in particular, the the the, the scene where he's trying to uh, Peter's trying to encourage. Um, sorry, I'm trying to remember. No, it name. wasn't Phil. Barbara. Um, is it Jess? Uh, I think it is Jess. Yeah, Jess. Uh, he's trying to encourage Jess uh, to have an abortion, and she's saying, "I will not get an abortion." She's very clear about that. Yeah. Secondly, that uh, uh, another point in the film, there's uh, a but point also, where I'd, 
Sorry, I... Right. There's a point, in the, another point in the film where the police officer tries to get her to leave the house. Yep. Without telling her why. It's just like, get out of the house, don't tell her why, just just tell her to leave the house. Yeah. And then she, the, she refuses but, to do but that. But that police without... officer is told, don't tell her. Because uh -huh, the police absolutely. at this point have... Uh, what happens but it doesn't matter who's giving the message, the point is the same. Yeah, but the, the police figure out uh, uh -huh. that Billy is using, because the house mother had her own phone, uh -huh. and they've figured out that the phone calls are yep. coming from the yeah, house. I, I did see the, the film, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just telling just the explaining people, because they might not have seen it. <laughs> Don't get so worked up, I'm not man. getting worked up. It's... So when that policeman is told, phone them up mm -hmm. and tell her, to get out of the house and just put the phone down and get out. He actually says to her, Billy's in the house, yeah. which he's told not mm -hmm. to tell her. Sure. So then she decides to go upstairs to try and make and sure her friends why is she are told, okay. Why is she told not to? Well, she's told not to because... Why, sorry, why is he told not to? Because if she finds out that... She will inevitably go upstairs, yeah. try and save her friends. So yeah. she's been denied the information that she would... Yeah, need but, to make uh, a rational decision. But the was it Jess, the uh -huh. one with the the abortion sure. storyline. Uh -huh. uh, her boyfriend is a pianist, yeah, pianist and yeah. he's he's a uh, he's got a very big and very important audition that right. that day, which she knows, and then she still goes to him just before his audition and says, "I'm pregnant." Mm -hmm. I thought that was a bit crass. Well, you know, you would maybe wait. You know, like, how did your audition go, hon? Oh, my audition went brilliantly. I've got the job. I'm now going to have more okay. money. Well, that's good because I'm pregnant. Not, hello, honey, I'm pregnant. Oh, now I've got to go to this audition. Mm -hmm. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to crack up and then I'm going to take the stool to the fucking piano. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I'm going to be very pissed off sure. because the only reason I failed my audition was mm -hmm. that you've just told me that you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, I thought that was bad timing on her yep. part, okay. to be honest. Okay. I could understand so, his frustration yeah, sure. when he did that, because the the audition's going really well. I quite like that. Uh, the avant-garde yeah, kind of jazz sure. music that he was playing. Uh -huh. I, that, and I was just thinking, everything in this man's life would be going perfectly right now if she hadn't just turned up and gone, before you go to your audition, mm -hmm. I just want to tell you some earth-shattering news. Yeah. <laughs> like, but at the, at the same time, he is very keen to control... She maybe ruined that small part of his life, but he's very keen to ruin a big part of her life regardless of what her interest is. So she's... Yeah, he's... He's, he's a, very keen to... Regardless of what she wants to do, he wants to to dictate to her what she what she should be doing for that whole. Well, you see, I think I, I didn't really, I didn't have many feelings for a lot of the characters. Right. Okay. I think maybe I don't know. Did were you like, oh, I really hope that this one survives or anything? I didn't feel that. No, it didn't. At all they didn't spend as much time. There's as no character development, have. so it's just. I would no. Well, there is character it's development. Plenty character the, development, but it's. We, we, we certainly don't get to feel as much as, as we should. We have no empathy, really, no, I we think. Don't. We don't. I mean, certainly, we, we get to know who the characters are, what they want, what their, their interests are, but we don't feel anything for them. We don't feel what, anything like what we should. Um, I think they try uh, to, to achieve that, but they fail. Um, I think you want Lois Lane to get killed. 
That's uh, I don't know. <laughs> I did because she was a, she was really quite mean about. I think she was really mean about Jess. Uh huh. Sure. At the start of the film, uh -huh. and I was thinking, yeah, she's like the character that you're supposed to go. I don't like her. Yeah. And I didn't. I, d I didn't feel that again. I just felt that was setting up this kind of um, this kind of bullshit. Uh, this kind of bullshit set of characters that that only willing to kind of just lay down and, and and take it. Yeah, but Jess kind of storms off upstairs in a bad mood. And yeah, sure. You kind of get the feeling that maybe this is what she's like all the time. Okay. And, and she yeah. is like the one that they have to live so, in the house yeah. with her, but so, none of them particularly like. So her. anyway, yeah, anyway. I I found it a really interesting film. I thought it was I thought it was really interesting. I woke I woke kind of uh, I woke more weird than than I originally gave it credit for. Uh, well. Do you want to hear the massive plot hole? And what is the massive plot hole? It's not a very big house, is it? No, it's not. No. Right, and Billy keeps phoning them up, uh -huh. shouting maniacally. Yeah, fair point. Fair and point. there are people in different areas yeah. of the house all uh -huh. the time, and none of them go. It's really weird. I heard there was a guy shouting maniacally uh -huh. about your cunt yeah, in the dorm, in like the sorority mother's house, yeah. in her room. You're <laughs> like, well. Yeah. Even like the last phone call, I think uh -huh. Jess is on her own in the house. Uh -huh. Everybody else is now dead, and she's standing there holding the phone to her ear, and he's like screaming down the phone. I would be going. Actually, I don't need the phone for this. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> that was unfortunately a, a big plot hole. Yeah. For me, I, I think. So that's uh, that's Black Christmas. Yeah. Did Did you enjoy it? I really did, yeah. I, 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 I really enjoyed it, it as, I didn't expect as well. to enjoy it um, as much as I did. I think it, for a, a film made in 1974, it seems much more modern in the the script. Uh -huh. You know, when you watch it, it's very definitely a mid-70s movie. Mm -hmm. But I think if somebody remade that script today, nobody would go, oh, that script's really dated. Uh -huh. Apart from maybe the absence of mobile phones. But sure. But somebody made a, a film <laughs> where they've got mobile phones mm. and they called it Black Christmas and nobody uses the mobile phones to call the police. <laughs> you know, if you've got reception to text your friend. In fact, I, I think the character that sends a text message, I wanted to die because uh, they, they used text speak. Right. It was like... In real life? No, just uh, like on the text message, it was uh, something like uh, meant to be where are you or uh -huh. something like that. Uh -huh. But it's it's a four character text and one of those characters is a question mark. Are you? Okay. It was yeah. uh, something like, actually no, it was a three uh -huh. character text. It was you, uh -huh. the letter U. And then at Where you the at? character, you at question mark. <laughs> you at? Not me, this. <laughs> You're not Kanye West, one more fucking calm down. On, on my phone, it's more difficult to get the at symbol than it is to just have type. Type at. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, I have predictive text. Wow. People in films should get predictive text. Wow, there we go. See, we're we're right on the cutting edge of 1997. Um, no, we're not. We're sitting using space age headsets and a fucking laptop and a netbook. 
I know. And the video camera. I've sold out. We have. We're right. media whores. Okay. But yeah, we'll have another break and then we will come back and talk about Scrooge. Do you like horror podcasts that are family friendly with boring hosts with bad opinions that like to perform circle jerks on each other every episode? If you do, you're in luck. There are plenty of other podcasts and other network of podcasts out there that you can listen to. But if you like to have fun and realize that the horror genre is based on this and you want to listen to entertaining hosts each and every show talk about not only popular horror movies, but also foreign, indie horror, and rare obscure gems, then look no further than Horophilia.com and our Horophilia network of podcasts. We currently host nine radically different podcasts with many more to come. I guarantee you we have something for every horror fan out there. Well, unless you're one of these people that get easily offended, don't like to try something new, or just some type of pompous douchebag. In that case, we don't want you listening anyways. For everyone else, come on down to Horophilia and prepare to have multiple eargasms each and every week. Horophilia, the sashimi of horror podcasting. Okay, we're right, back. So we're, we're back. What uh, just happened was uh, an entire segment got uh, forcibly removed yes. by Mr. Vacant. Yep. Just <laughs> call me the Department of Correction. Yeah, and I, I think the best description of it is you just shat on gold, my friend. <laughs> you shat on gold. Yeah, so... Um, I can't say... I won't say what was in the segment, but I will just say that... Can I just say that that line that you said, which I thought was hilarious? Yeah, just You said, you can't say that. It's Dan Mighty <laughs> Deed on a rapist. Okay, right, so let's move on. <laughs> yeah, that's always a concern. Don't, don't say anything about anybody's parents, because they might, they might be a rapist. What well, don't know. You had a bad mood because I said that obviously somebody's dad had spunked into their mum. So now you've, you've put right, the entire segment back up. in, but okay. I'm not just, but I'm not saying who it is. Right. Okay. But yeah, we've got the the call graph thing. Hopefully, recording all of this perfectly, which uh, that's uh, that's thanks to our friends on Devour the Podcast for suggesting this program. And uh, maybe one day I will put the MP3 of what we were talking about up on the interwebs for everyone to hear. Okay. But sadly, you'd already cancelled the call before you uttered the immortal yeah. words. This that might be deed or a rapist. Okay, so um, we're going to <laughs> we're going to be moving on uh, from <laughs> to there. Scrooge to Scrooge, which uh, is a very good place to move on to because you definitely looked like a Scrooge during that deleted segment. Sure. Arms folded, grumpy yeah. face, <laughs> and you still never took a picture of yourself wearing a scarf. Yeah, well, you didn't take a picture of yourself wearing. Yeah, I did. Okay. I've got the picture right. ready. I just need you, Christopher Nolan. Okay. Um, okay, so Scrooge. Uh, we don't need to synopsize because everybody knows the story of I, Christmas Carol. This was the first time I'd uh, yeah, yeah, first time you ever been heard of aware it. of yeah. this story. Did it pass under your radar? Yeah, it was uh, Dean, Dean Kuntz wrote right, this yeah, I believe in so. uh, I believe 2007. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's, uh, it's about a slug mm-hmm. and a uh, cricket. Yep. Mhm. That's uh, and they make sweet love. That's disgusting. And their their baby is a uh, football. Yep. So, um, what do you think of Scrooge? 
I, I thought it was. Was that supposed to make me seem Scrooge? I thought it was really good up until the when they revealed the baby's a football. <laughs> no, this isn't the first time I've seen the the 1951 version of Scrooge, which uh, was released in America under the name A Christmas Carol. Yep. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, I, I have always thought this is the best version. Uh-huh. And I know a lot of people out there really love Scrooged. Uh-huh, sure. And I really liked Scrooged when I went to see it in the cinema. I saw one of your celebrity it's... friends was, was, was voting for Scrooged. Uh, Eden, Eden Moffat. Oh, yeah. From... One of our celebrity friends. No. Uh, yeah, uh, he and I bitched quite considerably about the 12-12-12 concert last there night, go, wow. which uh, started with Bruce Springsteen, so it was good to get that shit out of the way oh. early. Yeah, I hate Bruce Springsteen. I, I think he was he was good last night, uh-huh. but, you know, I, I just, I, I couldn't sit through three and a half hours of that. No. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't just feel like killing myself, I'd, yep. I'd feel like Mercy killing everybody yeah. else in the stadium. You so. know. <laughs> I love the fact that everybody's like, oh yeah, but he's like a, he's like the working class hero. It's like, yeah, he plays every gig in a fucking stadium, flies about in a private fucking jet and then stands there and sings songs about how shit it is to be poor. Yeah, we're going to work. Fuck you. It means that he wears a, a, he wears a a vest. A plaid shirt. (laughs) That's what the working class hero means. Yep. Uh, Him and Eddie Vedder. (laughs) I wish the two of them would just Fuck each other into the yeah, sun. I wish they would do a band and then go and tour in a helicopter. <laughs> into the sun. <laughs> I've never been a big fan of Eddie Vedder. No, me neither. You and me smoking. Right, that's enough. Who the fuck is Jeremy from Spokane? <laughs> so, yes. So and he's custardy? Jeremy from Spokane is custody. Jeremy is So this is the kind of gold, ladies and gentlemen, that <laughs> uh, so readily uh, milks out of his, his man boobs. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm really surprised that you didn't try and do the Bob Dylan impression over the top of me doing a Bob Dylan impression. And, oh, because you didn't even introduce us. But, uh, oh I yeah, I did. You just you just missed it. You didn't get a chance to. I did it oh. twice, and you missed it. And I'd, uh, what did you say? Nothing. Nothing. No. Uh, um, so Scrooge. See that's that's. You that wanted to see this piece of. What? <laughs> I absolutely love this film. Completely and utterly adore it. It's like an hour and twenty-five minutes uh-huh. long, and you don't get much more Christmassy than that. Yeah, it gets you right in the mood. It really, really does. And the performances are all brilliant. Yep. Apart from Hattie Jake's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you did you notice a, a young Patrick McNee? I didn't, no. He uh, played uh, the the young Marley. Wow. Yeah. Uh, huh. So there you the go. The Patrick McNee? Yeah. Wow. An early role of him. And, yeah, it's... He's the young Jacob Marley. See, I'm Googling well, Patrick McNee now. Oh, for fuck's sake, his name is in the titles, Biatch. <laughs> McNee. Yeah, but... Uh, Who is Patrick McNee? He's uh, the guy from Scrooge. What else is he on? Scrooge. Surely must have been something else. Yeah, he was in A Christmas Carol in America. <laughs> 
Okay. I, I love the fact that you're going like, oh, I'm just going to have to Google this person. Yeah, and, and I'm just doing it so that you can inform the... Uh, so I can inform the... Oh, now that you're back on the touch screen. Because oh. I, I should share with the... Uh-huh. The people at home that when I was telling you where to change the uh-huh. settings on Skype, you were pressing the netbook screen. I did indeed. I did indeed. So, um, that yeah, is where so technology has taken us to, ladies and gentlemen. When Ross wants to change the channel on his television, it takes him four or five attempts at swiping the screen <laughs> before he realises that he still has to use an old-fashioned remote control from the future in the 70s. So yeah, it was um, he was in The Man From U.N.C.L.E. and The Avengers? Yes. Right, I see, I see. He was steed. There we go. Wow. So I'm very impressed. He also uh, had the number one single. Oh, and he was also the in Kinky The Kinky Boots. Right, wow. Uh, that was uh, him and uh, Honor Blackman. Or was it Honor Blackman that sang on Kinky Boots? Unbelievably, Emma Peel. a whole load of, uh, from the Avengers of uh, Bohopo favourites, including Waxwork. Yep. Um, I'm really surprised that you were like, who's Patrick McNeil? Yeah, because I just wanted you to look at that page and go, my God, this man's been in everything. He's been in also. He's he's like oh. the sort of guy that you would want him to be your uncle. He was also in the Howling. Would you believe? Wow. Yes, he's in the Howling. What do you That's mean? Nuts. Would you believe he is the he's the doctor that runs the community. Oh, so he is. Yes. Of course, of course. There we go. Sorry, course, my apologies, uh, folks, for my, my poor... Uh, I'm terrible at remembering names for these things. <laughs> same, with, same with comic books. My friend John, he, uh, he's got this kind of encyclopedic brain for, for memorising things like that. Not Johnny Monolith, no, who also has an, ins- an encyclopedic yeah. brain it's for comic yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. No, I've different. never talked about a comic book on this again, because he will just correct you. Yeah, it's a different John. Um, and Next week he's coming up from London just to correct me about stuff. Yeah. He said that. This John uh, sounds a lot like Boris Karloff sometimes. Oh yeah, I, I think <laughs> I've met him. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Hadaway and Shy. <laughs> There's a reference to the old band Hadaway. <laughs> Baby, don't what hurt is me. love? Don't hurt me no more. <laughs> um, yep. So. What? Yeah. Listen, if you don't have anything interesting to say, we should probably move on. And what? Did you not enjoy Scrooge? Yeah, that. We'll that, talk about it then. Well, what is it to talk Who was it that Scrooge? played Ebenezer Scrooge in this again? I don't I can't know. remember. He was alright. He just had a, a what thing. Do, what do you mean he was alright? Yeah, I think it's the best transformation from mean Scrooge to happy Scrooge. Yeah, I thought it was ever. horribly overplayed, to be honest. It's, but it's supposed to be horribly overplayed because this is a man whose entire world has been turned upside down in a night. Aye, I mean, there was some. You, know, you don't just walk in and go, oh, actually, Mr. Cratchit, uh-huh. I'm feeling a bit better about No, there were some, c- some cool bits, like uh, when when we got to got to see him uh, see him going to, to uh, his, his uh, nephew's party. Um, a couple of, kind of nice moments like yeah. that. Can um, you can you forgive an old Yeah, fellow? that was good. Yeah. So it was okay. <sighs> it was okay. This is a fucking classic. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, that's and the story's alright. You know, no, the story's marvelous and the timeless. The story is it's marvelous just, and timeless. Um I, I just uh, I, I really enjoyed the, the I enjoyed the 
uh, flashbacks. I enjoyed the, the ghosts, of, ghosts of Christmas, past, present and future. Um, but yeah, it was okay. It was so what, what is your perfect version of A Christmas Carol? Oh, it's got to be the Muppets. It's got to be the Muppets. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just know that this wasn't it. There's actually a good version starring uh, Baldy beating up man Ross Kemp. Wow, there you go. That uh, where he's like a a loan shark in London. Right. And it was okay. I was quite surprised that I enjoyed I that one. Ross Kemp. Yeah, Ross Ross Kemp on gangs. Uh-huh. When are we going to get to see gangs on Ross Kemp? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Rebecca Brooks on Ross Kemp. Yeah, no thanks. Um, I think if I saw that, I'd want to bum my eyes out. Um, <laughs> you would bum your eyes out? Or did you say burn? Which one? <laughs> You're a disgrace. No, did you say burn? Burn! Or, I thought you said you wanted to bum you your eyes out. Who would... Why wouldn't you just take them out with a spoon? Why would you set fire to your eyes? <laughs> that is fucking insane. Yeah. What would um, Bob Dylan say about that? Do you have anything to say about Scrooge? Plenty! Right, well, go then. Go we can't, it. like, go, oh, here's an entire segment oh, about it. Scrooge and then talk for 12 minutes, most of which is about anything apart from Scrooge. Well, you seem to be managing. <laughs> no, I just, I really like this. This is all on, it's on YouTube as okay. well. Yep. We'll be sharing all the YouTube links that we can, so uh-huh. people can watch our fantastic selections of movies. Yeah. And yeah, I I still think it's the it's the best version. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if this is how you deal with a fucking classic, I feel really sorry for everybody that will listen in next week to hear us talk about it's a wonderful life. I don't think I your review will be. Ah, uh, it is. <laughs> The end. What the fuck? If you have anything bad to say about Jimmy Stewart, then all I can say is it's fortunate that your dad is an undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be sending you home in Christmas in a box. Body bag. Yeah, um, actually, uh, yeah, because uh, I wouldn't use a box because that would mean me having to go and get another go and get another undertaker. <laughs> Um, what is the delivery address? As an undertaker. <laughs> Why don't you just post the body? <laughs> Good idea. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get a, the world's biggest jiffy bag. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's got quite a nice take on the uh, the kind of initial how Scrooge came to be as he is. Um, it's quite a kind of nice, uh, a kind of gradual... Uh, Gradual change from him being quite an idealistic young man, yeah, um, and then being the world just crushes yeah. his spirit. Yeah, absolutely. So and he even loses the love of his life. Yeah. And when he's lost the love of his life, he's lost everything. Sure. And at the end of the film, he doesn't even get the love of his life back. Sure. But he gets the love of life. Sure. I really like that element of uh-huh. it because it doesn't just tie up neatly in a box where he goes to see her because she's now working as a, a nurse looking uh-huh. after the homeless yeah. and her entire life is now what she wants and she feels 
gratified every single day just by helping people mm -hmm. and that's what he ends up getting so the two of them end up not being together uh -huh. but both of them going through the same sort of life sure. eventually where their gratification isn't mm -hmm. being each other yep. it's with others yep. it's without uh -huh. so yeah I'm, I mean, I'm so that. glad we've managed to stretch this segment to 15 minutes. Sure. Instead of Mr. Mr. Grumpy Vacant. No, no, Scrooge is all right, but fucking move on. I enjoyed that. I just found I, I just found his portrayal quite uh, quite hammy. That was all. And but this is a kids' film. Okay. Yep. This is a film aimed at kids. You know, he can't be he can't be deeply sinister. You know, he's a very grumpy and moody person. Yeah, I he's, he's, he's vacant-esque. That, uh, that's, that's what he's like. Yeah, he's, is he right? Okay. He's, uh, he's a bit of a rascal. <laughs> Sorry, rascal. <laughs> well, I enjoyed him as a, as a kind of miserable, uh, miserable bastard. And then... <laughs> I wonder why you enjoyed that. Eh? <laughs> um, oh, I can totally associate with this character. <laughs> Mr. Fucking Grumpy Chops. <laughs> ah, he's perfect. <laughs> What's your all-time favourite film, Ross? Oh, it's just a guy sitting in a room doing fuck all and looking <laughs> upset. Oh, dear. Probably made by Lars von Trier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can you write such cheery songs when you can't find the joy in Scrooge? I didn't find the joy in Scrooge, I just felt it was happy. I just felt it was overplayed, like the the whole segment where he's dancing down the stairs and blah blah blah. It's, oh, with the was, with his servant oh. woman. I I thought that was that was nice because she's terrified by this yeah. giant overnight change in uh -huh. him because he's a man that she has but nothing they but. Drag it out, girl, yeah, it, that section that was just a wee bit. If it was thirty seconds shorter, you wouldn't be bitching. Possibly not. You know, Possibly but she's, she's terrified of him and uh -huh. she recoils from his touch and everything. He, she's screaming like he's chasing her with a fucking harpoon. Yeah. I mean, it reminded me of uh, the woman from Bride of Frankenstein and the old dark. Is it the old dark house she's in? She might be knowing that as well. Mm -hmm. um, but she was. Uh, she, is it Una Thurman? No, I don't remember her name anyway, but she's uh, Una. Stubbs. No, I don't remember. Anyway, Una Stubbs. Give, give us a clue. I was about to give my vet's name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't be advertising vets on this. Yeah, that's Una McLean. Uh, Una McLean? Yeah, she's yeah. a, very good she's a relative vet. of mine. Is she? Yeah, wow, no. there you go. <laughs> she's not. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's just that it was perhaps just. A little hammy at the end, but not Yeah, much. but the the fact is that he has seen what the future would hold if he continued on and what he's discovered about this woman that he basically kinda of relies on at home to do everything for him is that she dislikes him so much that, that before he's him. even been mm -hmm. removed from his deathbed, yep. she has taken down the curtains and sure. gone to sell them and everything. And yet when he wakes up the next morning he has had such a change that he decides to increase her wages by 500%. Sure. Um, yeah, Una O'Connor was the, the, the actress, um, originally an Irish actress who 
moved to. She the... was originally an Irish actress. What did she become? <laughs> she was. She became. And she remained. She became a lumberjack. <laughs> uh, and she moved, of course, to to Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. So um, we'll take a. Do you know that the original Hollywood sign said Hollywood Land? Yeah, I did know that actually. Wow. It was uh, the 1950s that it got changed, I think. And I think two of the letters, Uh all the letters are sponsored. Right. So they are to keep them there. I think two of the letters are owned by Alice Cooper. There we go. I wonder if he owns Ho. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's Christmassy. Okay. That's Kanye West Christmas. So we'll have, ho, a, ho, ho. we'll have a break and we'll be back after this. That shit crazy. Excuse me, what are you doing? Are you looking for porn again? No. Well, what is that I see? It's not porn. It's the badassboobsandbodycounts.com website. I happen to be looking at the reviews in the boobs section of the site. They have a section of the site dedicated to boobs? Yes, they do. They cover exploitation films in the boobs category, action films in the badass category, and horror in the body counts category. What's that other option, BBNBC podcast? If you're not into reading the reviews, you can listen to them via the web on your mobile device through iTunes and they cover the same types of films. Lesser known action, exploitation, and horror cinema. So yeah, to answer your question, I wasn't cruising porn. That's too bad. What's too bad? That you weren't cruising for porn. Uh, why? Because I was feeling kind of horny. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Get back here. Hey, get back here. Right, now we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're just getting to grips with technology. Yeah. Um, This section is being recorded on real player. (laughs) So, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Gil. Part one? Yes. 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 Uh, part one is great. Yeah? Yeah, I, I really enjoy watching part one. I've watched it three times mm-hmm. in the past week because uh, I really like the... It's quite anti-religion, this film. Yeah, it really, really is. is. Well, anti, Anti-nuns. Anti-Roman Catholic Church, I think, as much as anything. Can I tell people what I accidentally called a nun once? What did you accidentally call a nun once? A cunt. Did you? Why was that? Uh, you know Marks and Spencers in Argyle Street? Oh, with yeah. With the big heavy doors? Oh, yeah, that woman is a cunt. <laughs> no, you know they've got big heavy doors. <laughs> I'm and it was, of course, uh, I don't know. It was, it was Christmas a few uh-huh. years ago and everybody is streaming into Marks and Spencer's to do all the Christmas shopping. Uh-huh. I was helping my mum out that day by carrying all our Christmas shopping bags and good the, the person in front of me did not hold the, the door, uh-huh. they just let it go and right. it, I had hands full of bags and the door came back and kind of smacked me in the head. And I went, oh, you fucking cunt. And then the person in front of me turned round. It was a nun. A nun, for goodness sake. On the way out, she was she was standing there with a little collection thing. I went over and gave her 50 pence. But I always hold the door open for people, which uh, sometimes, particularly in that Marks and Spencers, uh-huh. I have a bad relationship with that Marks and Spencers near Gill Street. You can find yourself there for like two minutes because... Everybody just starts walking in the door that's being held open. Yeah. You know, I always hold the door open for people. That's and Marks and Spencer's customers for you, though. That's Marks and Spencer's don't take... Oh, they take credit cards now, don't they? Or does it have to be a Marks and Spencer's know. card? I don't know. My grandfather used to hate Marks and Spencer's because they didn't take credit cards. 
Right. So there you go. Um, wow, another insight into the girls' into, life. Into my life. Uh, oh yes, and my my mother says hello to everybody. Oh, hello. She's now officially a retired lady. Wow. Well, congratulations. Yep. We've put her out to pasture. That's good. Well, congratulations. But now that she's retired, I think that means that she has to start making lots and lots of soup and cakes. <laughs> so that'll be good. Yeah. All the weight that I've lost in the past three months due to the stress of this podcast, I'll pile back on. The stress? Seriously? Well, no, it's not. I just, it's just all coinc- the preparation that you need to put into to make this, to make it as seamless as it, as it, as it's it just, sounds. It's just coincidental that I've lost over half a stone there you go. in the last three months. Yeah. And you've never complimented me on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually currently wearing, if anybody watches the Hordes of Unstoppable Skeletons uh, 15 minute live video that's on YouTube, mm-hmm. I'm wearing a black shirt in it and it's just a wee bit tight on me. It's the black shirt I'm yeah, wearing just now that is not tight. Yeah, wow, cool. So, yeah, if, if anybody wants to watch that video on YouTube and imagine that shirt not being quite as tight. <laughs> Then you're a fucking freak! <laughs> but anyway, yeah, for show and Most of your videos have you naked, so I wouldn't necessarily encourage people to... No, that's just that's naked. just one. If anybody... That's not on the Hordes of Unstoppable Skeletons page, though. That's, ah, on, right. that's on the small p, big andas page, ah, which is... Okay. It's all written out like that. It's yeah. uh, the, the ripping and the tearing. There we when go. I went to sarcastically pretend I was going to tear my shirt and then and then tore my Captain America t-shirt right down the middle and then didn't have a t-shirt to wear (laughs) and we went to uh, what's that pub just up the road from the 13th and it was open until 3 in the morning Maggie Mays we went to Maggie Mays and I had my Captain America t-shirt on and it had to be tied Mm -hmm. so it was like uh, like spring break spring break (laughs) but the problem is that now people will think that there was some sort of political statement <laughs> happened, behind but really it's because they were £3. Pounds. But it was £3 <laughs> in pre So we're living the dream. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, for, for show and tell this week, um, I've brought the Arrow... The Arrow release of... Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, so this is... Which is fortunate because that's the film we're talking about yeah. at this moment in time. Yeah. Good so, planning. Yeah, I went, I went and bought this uh, along with Chris. Was that Christmas, a, a fiver? Yeah, fiver and four, same as, uh, same as uh, the other one. And it's got a, a booklet um, written by... It's not got a booklet, it's got a tome. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it is. Huge booklet. How many pages? Does it have page numbers? Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a 20-page booklet. Um, again, it looks thicker than 20 pages. Yeah, written by Callum Waddle, who is uh, a, gla- a Glaswegian. <laughs> I, I was thinking when you said Callum Waddle, I think I know right. Callum yeah. Waddle. He's, he, he does a thing called High Rising Productions that does all the kind of extras for, or a lot of the extras for Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also made a, a film uh, specifically on slashers called Slice and Dice. His name um, really, really rings a bell. So we kind of, we, we got to hear them through uh, Friends Acid Fascists who... Um, oh yeah. Yeah, who who were involved in? We were not this, a podcast. And and uh, they are a band. Yeah, we are a band. Um, oh, this what up? Yeah, so this what up? Um, and now they're in Geek Maggot Bingo. Um, so what? 
Geek Maggot Bingo. Geek Maggot Bingo. <laughs> yeah, um, so anyway, Callum Go back does. To Callum does. Fuck's sake. Uh, Callum does these kind of uh, in depth interviews with uh, people that have been in these kind of trash uh, films. and, and uh, Like we would do. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine that when we do an interview with uh, anybody it would be a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, he's he also does uh, he's working towards a PhD, um, presumably in the same kind of stuff. Um, but he he writes all these kind of really interesting uh, features in the Arrow uh, releases, and this this one's the the same. There's no many extras on this one, um, but it's still pretty pretty cool, pretty good. Oh, release. there we go! Big shout out to Callum. Yeah, Warren. and the people yeah. at Arrow, if they want to send us anything for free, that'd be. That'd because be awesome. we like to review stuff and... <laughs> well, we, we do tend to, we've reviewed quite a lot of Arrow we, stuff we in have, the past, yeah. actually. And so. we do own Arrow stuff. Yeah. So, it's not like we're trying to scrounge <laughs> or anything. <laughs> but I was just thinking there, I'm looking forward to January when we have our, uh, hopefully, our two interviews to do. Yeah, absolutely. Where it will be us talking to uh, Travis... Travis Campbell, Travis the Campbell, director of Mr. Bricks, <laughs> and Bill Oberst Jr. Yeah. about their favourite biscuits. <laughs> so sorry, uh, Cookie. Um, <laughs> have you ever paid two pounds for a Twinkie? We did for the Ghostbusters thing. <laughs> two pounds for a fucking Twinkie. <laughs> Why didn't we just pay somebody a pound to punch us in the face? <laughs> Equally satisfying. <laughs> um, yeah, so Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, we'll I'd rather suck the jizz out of a frog than eat another Twinkie. So read from the book. You got S- a frog? Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the streets, blood is glistening in this heel-tied tale of terror. Previously banned by the BBFC. The That's sem- the British Board of Film Classifications for S- our overseas listeners. Seminal Santa Slasher is back with a vengeance. After years of abuse... Seminal. <laughs> after years of abuse... At you the want to see something seminal? Whoa! Put that away. <laughs> after years of abuse at the hands of tyrannical nuns, well, he's finally flipped. Dressed as Saint Nick, the teenager heads back to the, uh, the oppressive orphanage of his childhood to exact his bloody revenge. And that is where the film ends. <laughs> that is where the film ends. Punishing anyone who gets in his way. And none of them really get in his way. He can easily avoid everybody. <laughs> Punish! 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 But yeah, it's, it is a fucking great film as much as you can take the piss out of the cheesiness, particularly. Yeah. Punish! 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 Naughty. Yep. That's, uh, so that's, that's Billy's case. That's, that's one of my... F- I actually think that the the last five seconds of Silent Night, Deadly Night is, and I know a lot of people will go like, fuck you Gil, you're completely insane. Uh-huh. I think it's on a par with the end of The Omen. <laughs> no. Um, at the end of The Omen, you've got Damien standing there, yeah. his uh, adoptive father's grave, uh-huh. and he does that little smile. Yeah. And at the end of this, you've got that one little kid who has now just been traumatised by just being associated with this yeah. film, who looks at the the nun and says, Naughty. Aye, naughty. <laughs> like, but it's, it's that's fucking yeah, sinister. It's a little bit sinister, but it's certainly no... Um, but that's also, a, I think it's a massive plot hole again. 
Can like we start for the start? The, yeah, I'll yeah, get into I mean, the massive plot hole. So we on. start off with Billy and uh, his brother, Ricky, in the back of the car. Um, you don't really see a lot of Ricky. No, we see a bit of him. We see a bit of him. His mother carries him about a bit. Mm -hmm. they're, they're going to visit, is it the father's dad? Yeah. It's his uh -huh. grandfather who's in a home. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, I think he's supposed to be kind of comatose. Uh-huh. Sort of uh, just thousand yards stare uh -huh. type thing, just yep. sits in a seat and they visit him but there's no back and forth yep. communication. It's like he's got Alzheimer's type, type thing but very, very Old severe. Timers. Very, very severe Alzheimer's disease. Um, so uh, Billy is left with his grandfather who his mum and dad expect is just going to sit there. Um, while they go and uh, get filled in on his condition. Who's filled um, in? So, uh, I'll just ignore that. That's a, that's a joke from Police Squad. Oh, Jesus. Um, geez Louise, sorry. Um, oh, Jim Fell. Uh -huh. Who's Jim? Try to explain. Uh, sorry. Uh, Try again to... No. No, on you go, okay. sorry. Um, so, his, his grandfather basically grabs a hold of him and quite suddenly and violently just grabs him by the arm and you can see like the wee boy's properly shocked when <laughs> yeah. that happens uh -huh. he's like what the fuck's going yeah. on there uh -huh. it's like that uh i'm pretty what sure he starts telling him it's uh, this, is, uh, this is christmas eve this is the this is the night when santa's out do you know <laughs> what santa does do you know what santa does he punishes the naughty kids you don't want to see santa tonight uh -huh. kind of thing yeah. it's Yep. It's like basically the the little boy on the way there is going, What time does Santa yeah, come? Can yeah. I stay up and see uh -huh. Santa? And then the grandfather's like, You don't want to see Santa. Aye, absolutely. So have you been really good? And then he asks him if he's I'll done. I'll be good. I'll I promise I'll be good. <laughs> so uh, as they're heading home, Billy's mother and father are Wait a minute, that's trauma number one. Yeah. <laughs> and his mum and dad are brutally uh, butchered, savagely butchered in yeah, front of Yeah, you come face. across a, a broken down car, which we've previously, it's it's driven by a, a man in a Santa suit, Don't need to, who yeah. we've previously uh -huh. seen as a as a robber, uh -huh. and they, they stop to go, can we help? And he shoots the dad in the face, yep. and then attempts to rape the mum, but she mm -hmm. punches him, uh -huh. so he slits her throat, and little yep. Billy's run off to the side, and he's hiding in a bush. Watching, watching Santa Claus, who he's just been traumatized about, murdering his parents, <laughs> while his uh, like one-year-old, well, not even one, like six-month-old yep. brother, is in the car screaming. Yeah. So subtle. Trauma number two. Subtle. This is not. No. Um. So. Uh, yeah, and we cut back, and Billy's Billy's older, played by a different actor. And yeah, taken into they've been taken into an orphanage uh -huh. run by nuns. He's got an exceptional mullet. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and a fucked up face. Yep. And the nuns are reinforcing the idea that punishment is good. Um, yeah. And kind of reinforcing these ideas uh, taken to an extreme. Um, and it's coming up to Christmas yet again. Yep. So all the kids are drawing their pictures. And Billy draws a picture of like Santa and reindeer. Decapitated reindeers yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And the reindeers, sorry. So yeah. that's when the mother superior is like, "You have to be punished." Yep. And she uh, kind of puts him across her knee and spanks him. 
Yep. Trauma number three. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what sets us up. And Billy. But there's a nice nun. Yeah, there is. Yeah. There is. Um, and she uh, tries to set up work for Billy when he when he hits eighteen. You've missed a bit because uh, then we Billy, missed some vitally Billy, important. Yeah. It is actually vitally right, important okay, because okay. Billy doesn't want to go out and play mm-hmm. in the snow and everything. There's snowman oh, yeah, yeah, out there and yes. he's kind of traumatised by the, yeah, the whole idea of Christmas. And he's wandering about in the orphanage and he comes across uh, some weird noises coming from a room and he looks through the keyhole yep. and he sees a couple of people having sex. Yep. But the mother superior catches him looking through the keyhole and then says to him, you know what those people were doing? That's very naughty. Naughty people get punished. Yep. And then he... <laughs> trauma number four. Yep, absolutely. So he's now terrified of Santa Claus, Christmas... And sex. Nuns and sex. <laughs> so that leaves us in a kind of heady brew for this kind of normal looking kid who's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, but you don't know what age he's supposed to be, really, because he looks... Yeah, you were told he's supposed to be 18. He's supposed to be at oh, the, yeah, the age right. where he's getting basically the, kicked out of the, the orphanage. Or, or having to pay his own yeah. way type thing um, in so life. The, the so nuns have got him a job at the department store. The nice nun. Uh, uh, Ira's store. Uh-huh. And he's he's like a stock boy uh-huh. type thing. Sure. And he's doing really well, and we get this nice montage of him just being really handy and successful. I love the bit that one of the the bits in the montage is him successfully opening a box. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like yep. Stacking stuff on shelves. Yep. And he's got a wee bit of a crush on the girl that works the till. Yeah. So everything's fairly normal. It's all set up for. Uh, Oh no, it's now approaching Christmas. Yeah. And the Santa's in the store, but he doesn't really mind because he can avoid it because he's in the stock room. But then you get this really bad scene where you've got all the women going, one of our staff has had an injury, Ira. And he's going, it doesn't matter, just call a temp. Well, all the temps are ladies, and I think for this job, you need a man. And kind of points at this Santa sleigh that's like their Uh grotto. And Ira's like, oh no, what am I going to do? Hey, Billy, how are you? I've got a job for you. And Billy's like, I'll do anything. And then you could almost imagine the camera kind of going, Right yeah, and like uh, kind of happy like days Wonder, style. Like Wonder Woman, where he transforms what into What are the chances of that happening? And there he is, standing and, dressed as Santa. And then he has to to talk to a little girl who is like squirming about in his lap. He's going, you're being very naughty. You're being like, do you know what happens to naughty kids? They get punished. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck, Santa? You're terrified, and everybody's standing back going, she's so good she's like the kids. What the fuck, Santa? And she like, what the fuck, Santa? <laughs> oh, fantastic. But I love the fact that the mother's going, he's so good with the kids, and then the little girl runs over, and she's like hiding behind the mum going, I'm fucking terrified of Santa. <laughs> what the fuck, Santa? <laughs> yeah. So um, he seems to be doing all right as Santa. But then the nun decides to do like a wee call up going like, I'm just checking to see how Billy's doing. And Ira's like, Billy's doing fine. <laughs> no, it's not Ira, it's the guy in the stockroom. Uh-huh. Oh, Billy doesn't work here. Really? What's his new job? I think you'll find he's saying ho, 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 or something like that. And she's like, 
Oh no. It's like it's like the It's like textbook. When you receive some bad news over the phone, yeah, absolutely. take the phone away from your ear, look at it, and be scared. <laughs> and then she yeah. just puts the phone down, and she's yeah. like, I'm going to have to go and check this out. So Meanwhile, it's Christmas Eve, uh-huh. the store has now shut, Ira's like, let's all get shit-faced! And apparently gets really drunk really quickly, uh-huh. gives Billy some alcohol where he's like, oh, I'm not really keen on this. And yeah, because even doesn't take milk, even doesn't take uh, coffee. He, he won't take anything. There's a like really oh. funny scene where he's uh, where somebody offers him coffee, and he just like goes, "No, no, I've got no, my it's milk." No coffee. It's the, the guy in the stockroom's got like a bottle of whiskey or something like that, uh-huh. and he pours two two little plastic cups of whiskey. And he's yeah. like, oh, "Do you want some of this?" And Billy's going like, "No," and picks up the milk. Yeah. It's like a fucking PSA or something. Yeah, like it really that. has it very much. Has no, I drink milk. No. My name is Billy. I'm socially well adjusted. Yep. <laughs> so, and then obviously the, the the killing spree begins. Well, the killing spree begins because the stockroom guy uh-huh. and the oh, and the the girl uh, uh-huh. are having a little bit of a kiss and a cuddle. Mm-hmm. And Billy's a wee bit jealous, but then it, it turns quite rapey. It turns very rapey, <laughs> very quickly. And, yep. and Billy decides, like, I'm killing these folk. Uh-huh. So that's the start of the killing speed. He then kills everybody in the store and then decides somewhere in his fucked brain that the thing he has to do <laughs> is go and kill the mother superior yep. now uh-huh. because of all the traumas that he has suffered in his life. <laughs> Yeah. But he doesn't change out of the Santa suit. He stays dressed as Santa Claus yep. to go and exact revenge on a nun. Yep. And he's he's constantly he's, he's saying naughty or punish as his two kind of main uh, main phrases. Yeah, I love the fact that he breaks into a house essentially because he must have been spying on people yep. who are having sex on a pool table. <laughs> And we get and he, to see the, the brilliant, the kind of most famous probably scene in this is the, the antlers yeah, scene. Um, where he, he impales a girl on a stag head on a wall. Yeah. Well, her boyfriend, who is just listening to music at a moderate level, <laughs> is not aware of any of her screaming. Yeah. And there's a little girl who's upstairs who's obviously also not aware of any screaming. And after he's dispatched the two of them, goes up to him going, Hello, Santa. And he's like, Have you been good? Yes. You know, so obviously the best way to not be killed by Billy is just go up and good. <laughs> Unless he sees you doing something naughty, you're fine. Yep. But I love the fact that the present that he gives her from Santa is the bloody a, a, a bloody Stanley knife that he has just used yep. to kill everybody in the toy shop. Yeah, so but all the way through we've got this kind of creepy use of carols and twinkling bells. Yeah. Scalding notes all the way through. and it's Of uh, course, the police are now informed that it is a Santa yep. who is killing people. So then you get the police going, oh, now we have to go and get Santa Claus. <laughs> and accidentally shoot a deaf priest. <laughs> who is walking towards that's pretty, Ricky. That's a, that's a pretty good red heron, actually. I quite like that. Yeah. But he's walking towards Ricky, who is Billy's little brother. Yep. And that's the plot hole for me, because Ricky uh-huh. is like six years old. Uh-huh. But he can't be six years old if Billy's 18. Oh, fair point. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. That's where I was like, that's the only thing wrong with this film, is that you continue to have the <laughs> Ricky... Ca- the only thing wrong 
only thing well, wrong with this film. continue to have the rookie character who is ageing uh-huh. in a very strange way. <laughs> I, th- I thought this was a, a, a good fun film. Yeah, um, we so, won't tell anybody what happens at the end, even though we've basically just told them yeah. everything that happens throughout. It's, it's, like, uh, we can't say that Billy finally gets back and he goes to kill the Mother Superior and he gets shot in the back and then lies on the floor going, it's okay, Santa's gone, and then dies. And then the, there's a little kid who goes, naughty. Who is Ricky. <laughs> who is Ricky. Um, so, no, we definitely couldn't say We can't that. say that, you know, we can't spoil it. We do that. Um, oh, actually, sorry, we have to, because we're now going to talk about uh, part two, where Billy's dead. Yep. And the first 40 minutes of uh, this film is basically what we've just done. Yep. You've got uh, Eric Freeman recanting the tale of his psychotic brother to a psychologist. But uh, I think what we should do is put a wee break and then come back and have lots of fun talking about part two. Let's do that. (laughs) Take a journey with the Phantom Eric as he explores the last 100 years of horror. 100 films to be explored, each one with the related themes, actors, and directors that made the last century of horror cinema so great. Travel the world from Germany to Scandinavia, Italy to France, North America and everywhere in between, with no stone left unturned. The zombies are locked up, the vampires are asleep, and the prowlers have slain their last group of campers for the night. So take the hand of the Phantom American Lester Reaper, as this is one time travel experience you won't want to miss. Right, so we are now recording again. Okay. Um, this this could prove to be quite handy since the battery in the camera depleted. Yeah. Let's, so let's silent, silently cross our fingers. Yeah. Um, hopefully that's all sound good. Uh, so silently, deadly night two. Yes, it's uh, as we just said, the first forty minutes of it. Pretty much exactly half of this film uh-huh. is a recap of the first film. Yeah. With where you're not even really entirely sure why Ricky is. Uh, meant to be like this really dangerous prisoner in a psych ward or something sure. like that but he's he's supposedly killed multiple psychologists that have come in to speak to him <laughs> you just think why don't you just put a fucking partition or yeah. even better why don't you just handcuff the cunt to something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's yeah. he doesn't seem that intimidating if he was recanting the story to me like he is to uh-huh. anybody else in the film, with his eyebrows doing that mental <laughs> every time he speaks, his entire forehead has to react. Uh-huh. I would just be laughing at him. Yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least. Um, yeah, Eric uh, Freeman. Eric Freeman now missing. Well, 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 not yeah, missing, but, but whereabouts unknown. <laughs> yeah. If you go onto his. Uh, his page on Mdebe, uh-huh. then you'll actually even find. Uh, so has he been in other things? Yeah, there's. He's been in a couple. He's in Children of the Corn. Right, okay. So he's uh, uncredited. Right. <laughs> it says on IMDb uh-huh. that he appears as a character in that, uncredited. Right, okay. But, uh, yeah, there's even like, people that have worked with him uh-huh. that. Of left messages and IMDb kind of going like oh, I've been trying to get a hold of him if anybody knows his whereabouts let me know yeah so um, it's a bit yeah it's, it's a bit sad yeah really. it's a bit 
Maybe he just doesn't want to be contacted. Maybe he's, uh... Yeah, some people think that it might be this film that's responsible for that because uh, this film is now pretty much just infamous for Garbage Day and The Eyebrows. Yep. So, you know, we're now going to... Uh, <laughs> to follow to, that. To uh, follow that by <laughs> talking about how ridiculous that is. Yeah. Because uh, this, this part two doesn't really start until it's revealed that he has killed uh-huh. the psychologist yep. and escaped. Yeah. You know, this is the worst fucking hospital in the world. Yep. I think, I mean, we, we watched it directly after Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, so we did, Silent Night, Deadly Night rather, so we didn't have any real reprieve um, from myself and Jennifer. And yeah, I, I watched the two of them back to back as well, and you spent like the first 40 minutes going, for fuck's sake. Man. But apparently some of the scenes are uh-huh. slightly extended yeah. to to make it appear that Ricky was more involved in the first film, but I didn't, I I didn't really notice any of that. I, but apparently it's a, it was a budget problem because somebody, the, the producers actually just wanted them to recut the first sure. film uh-huh. and then to release it as part two. But uh-huh. They were like, well, that's not going to work. But they sure. had a small budget, so that's why half of the film is stock footage, basically. Yep. So, man, to be honest, I don't buy that. I do up to a point, um, but I mean, we've. we've but seen, we've watched films that have no budget. No budget. That are better than this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a good idea doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And that's the. That's the thing, and I mean, to to work to complain about having a quarter of a million pound budget. To me, is a, an absolute joke, given the fact that we've seen we've seen films that we made for five hundred five hundred pounds, or um, the, the like. The, la- the last week we were discussing Father's Day, which supposedly ten thousand yeah. dollars. So, to be honest, I, I I can understand that people are under uh, quite a lot of pressure to deliver a particular product. So in this, so the budget for this was two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. So I mean, where did they put it? <laughs> where, where the fuck did they go? Because to me, there was only really three scenes in the film. Or yeah, four you've, scenes. You've got like, him in the room, uh-huh. and then it, he starts talking about like what his life was like. Because apparently, he's adopted out after Billy has done all these killings, and he's still like a fucking seven-year-old kid. Yep. You know, he's like ten years aged <laughs> underneath his yeah. brother. And then gets traumatized. He's then traumatized by nuns. Uh-huh. But uh, he's not been traumatized by sex. Yep. But he then starts to exact the same sort of revenge. Well, I suppose maybe there's a, the scene with the in the field where there's a couple and to be honest there's no point in trying to understand the guy gets a wee bit carried away and then ricky decides just out of nowhere to kill this guy sure i don't know if maybe that was supposed to be an indication of his sexual trauma but But i I would just say this is a fucking god awful this is the worst film film i've ever seen that you have to watch yeah would you happily watch it again i would would never fun no I wouldn't recommend this even for uh, like. When I you, would. Like, well, see the, see when you hear saying, when you hear people saying, "Oh, this film is so bad, it's good," or "This film is 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 worth watching for the camp value for this," I definitely disagree. I think that it's even worse than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. 
I actually really like the Rocky Horror Picture. But I mean, oh, I, I would God. recommend. And you're slagging this off. I would for recommend no plot. maybe skipping to the end. Skip to the end. Um, I would maybe recommend skipping to or or just watching the the kind of highlights on YouTube. The, the, the yeah, uh, just look up the video. Uh, garbage day eyebrows. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's there's another section that's that's just specifically the the spree the kind of killing spree. Yeah, um, it's, it's six like minutes six long. Minutes. That's it. Even if you go to the the garbage the sorry Silent Night Deadly Night to uh, garbage day. No, even if you just go to Silent Night Deadly Night to uh, on YouTube, there's a time stamp on it. Somebody has made it as the top comment, and it's something like the section you're looking for is one one hour nine. <laughs> it's like it's not even uh, not even kind of pretending that people are there to see I'm the film. I'm watch the whole film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it really is atrocious. Though. It I mean, it really is. is. I mean, there's there's films I I kind of we I'm quite. I think of the two as I'm quite forgiven of a lot more forgiven of things than yeah, you. Yeah, I'm I'm a lot less forgiving. But because, I, I can actually I can't this film. understand the art and the, the kind of difficult. Oh, and I don't understand. No, no, the, I, no, I do, I do, but I just kind of think I, I tend to kind of see what people are trying to do more, and the the the, the kind of constraints that people are under with having zero budget. I'm easier to disappoint than you. I think that's I think that's a, the nicer way to yeah. say it than. I understand the art. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was more meaning that I kind of get what people are trying to Could do. Gonna buy you a fucking handkerchief for your Christmas no, and you no, can no, wave no. it at me. Oh, I understand there's more than you, young man. No, I was, I was meaning Here's more. 50 pence, go and buy me the biggest turkey in the town. And get yourself a sweetie. Yeah. Yeah, no. I understand the art, it just frustrates me. But they do say that reviewers are just frustrated filmmakers. But you know who says that? Miles. People that make shit films. <laughs> <laughs> they get really bad reviews. Yeah. Um, all I was meaning to say was... You don't need to apologise, it's I'm fine. I'm not apologising for anything, I'm trying to, Fuck you, then. Trying to explain myself. <laughs> Nah, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so I would just say this is a terrible film. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for this. There's no idea behind it. There's nothing good about it. Yeah. It's it's dreadful. Don't watch it. It is really really bad. But well, I think what I was trying to say was that, that basically you you. You, you can see what people are trying to do with a lot of kind of low budget and camp films. Yeah. You kind of respect that they've been trying to make up a particular type of film. They've maybe failed to do that, but you can see the effort. And I and I always try to say was to have any effort what I was trying to say was that I tend to see that more than more than other people, and I'm maybe more forgiving. That was all I meant. But this doesn't but seem to have any. This effort is getting the idea behind it. No effort, um, and that's not the director's fault. They've probably been given this project. And they've tried to make something of it yep. in the field. Um, I I don't blame the director. I blame the the, sh the the shitty idea that was that was given to them to to make. I was surprised this actually got a DVD release, but I think it only yeah, got a DVD release due to the kind of camp the, value, like because it became popular on yep. YouTube for the the spree scene and yeah. because like when he. 
for some strange reason, you know, he's supposed to still be like his brother, punishing uh-huh. the naughty. Sure. The naughty thing that he punishes one guy for is taking his fucking bin out. Yep. Garbage day! <laughs> Bang! Can, and you feel like, what? You could probably make a good sequel on the premise that they're, that they're, uh, that, that this has the younger brother and you could you could sew it based based on him maybe going and being uh, I don't know being being brought up by very very strict parents very yeah. religious parents or you could you could take it any number of ways and it could be it could be a decent movie this original thing uh, this original mother of his brother in front of him dressed as Santa being the exact that's the trauma for him the, yeah, the, the first film ends with a really good. Oh dear, Ricky's now fucked. Yep. Type thing, and the a second good jump, the same kind of jumping on point that we had at the start of the first film. Yeah, so, I think the major fault uh-huh. with the second film is that it then jumps in at a later point where Ricky has now been imprisoned for all the things that the first film supposedly led him to do. Sure. And you've got no idea what they are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. it's like he's you you don't have any idea about his motive for the killings that you see him describing yep. that he did. You're like, well why did you do that? I mean like the the guy that's in the field who is nowhere near as rapey as the guy in the first yep. film is brutally, brutally murdered. And I like how you're saying noble near is rapey, as if well, there's, a, there's, there's good rape and bad rape. No, I mean, like, there isn't... <laughs> she's just going... She says no, and then the guy goes, fine. And goes away to his truck. Okay. You know, in the first film, uh-huh. Billy kills Sunday because they're in the middle of a rape. Sure. Uh-huh. In the second film, you get a guy who's a little bit overly amorous. Right. She says no, uh-huh. he accepts that no means no, uh-huh. so Ricky kills him. Yeah. I think and then she fucking thanks him. Yeah. And uh, runs away. To be, to be honest, there's, there's no point in making sense of this film. There's no sense in this film whatsoever. Would you, I mean, would you recommend it for people to watch it just for the sake of getting a laugh or I think if you've if you've watched the first one because the the third film is a continuation of Ricky's story but Eric mm-hmm. Freeman didn't return to play the part sadly yeah I know because if see if the third film mm-hmm. being a continuation I'd be like well they've managed to make a third film that isn't like the first 40 minutes is a callback to the second film or whatever. I think then you might be, be interested to see what, it, what they actually did with it. Yeah, yeah, but only with Eric Freeman in the role. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. of the eyebrows. Yeah. You know, you've got to have the eyebrows. I think it was a terrible choice for for this. I think if they had a similar kind of character to Billy. Uh, yeah, because Billy's very distant and Ricky's just in your face. Sure. He definitely has. Yep. It definitely has. To, to the point where he spends a lot of his time when he's talking, leaning across Screaming desks and sense. stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like you've got the the idea that he's supposed to be so psychotic that the guy that takes the tape machine in doesn't even want to take his eyes off him <laughs> in case he does anything. And then they just let a guy walk in and sit behind a desk <laughs> where he's like, no, it's okay, you can just go away. Yeah. And then they haven't locked the door. No. 
there isn't somebody looking through the window of that <laughs> fucking door the whole time. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's abysmal. Yeah, the, it really the is. plot just comes from nowhere. Yeah. and just continues to go nowhere. I mean, if they'd maybe cut the, if they'd maybe peeled the sequences down to fifteen minutes or so, like the, I think there's maybe a, an argument for having that type of uh, re-editing of the first film. But and this film, yet again, is just all about Billy for yeah. the first half of it, uh-huh. and you you have no no care mm-hmm. for anything about Ricky whatsoever. Sure. sure, Ricky just comes across as a dick. He really does. Anyway, um, yeah, that, that was something went like Deadly Night Two. Um, yeah, that's the end of a uh, Chris Massacre Part One. Yeah, wow. So there we go. I've enjoyed tonight and Yeah, it's been very good. We've, we've, been, we've been shitting gold. Yeah, we've been, as a, been uh, quite argumentative tonight. It's uh, very much not in the Christmas spirit. That is the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Christmas, what do you do? You get together get with together. friends and family, have a couple of drinks, and then a fucking argument <laughs> breaks out. You know. That's uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay, uh, so we'll wrap up the show, I think. Um, yep, by uh, by just saying thanks again to yeah. everybody that's listened and really uh, appreciate it, and to yeah. the people that, that retweet us and do these kind of things, um, it's really and kind of respond to us when we're uh, yeah, and our little iTunes interact with stuff. us and so on. We really appreciate it. Oh, right, and it's. Uh, so good friend Ideal Saints. Ideal Saints birthday. Uh, birthday, yeah. Yep. So we so like happy birthday. Happy birthday and uh, many happy returns. Let, let's quickly do J Horror. It's all pish. Yeah, we don't like J Horror. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I think I think we've kind of we've pointed J Horror into the long grass because we don't have a clue. It's one of these. Uh, no, it's not. I don't think it's that we don't have a clue. Well, I've, I certainly I've I've, I've been kind of putting off doing that because I feel that it's the kind of thing where. I'm not really confident enough to, to talk about in any real, real Because depth. of cultural differences, do you think that maybe there's some things in J-horror that are that based in Japanese be, culture that's more alien point, yeah, to I us? Think yeah. we, that we would be kind of missing. I like the way that you looked, when I said that at first, you looked at me like, what are you saying? And then, <laughs> right, actually I. I think about the references to, to things we would probably, we'd probably we'd miss. miss yeah. um, but over and above that, my knowledge of that genre is really, really limited. Um, well, I, I think that what we should do is uh, at one point, instead of doing a whole J-horror episode, we'll do a couple of episodes in a row where we'll do one J-horror film. That sounds like a good idea, actually. That's, that's that, uh, that J-horror is... awareness month. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I was yep. thinking that that could have been January, but we can't really stick J-horror in Yeah, because your birthday extravaganza is going yeah, up. Yeah, and that's going to be all, that's going to be musicals. We're gonna do the what was it, Phantom of the Paradise? Yep. And okay. Stuff like that on that. But, yeah. But next week uh-huh. we are doing the remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Sure. Silent are. Night, which I yep. I have to give you a copy of. Yeah, absolutely. Because I have the DVD here. Look at it. Oh, wow, shiny. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it's a wonderful life. Okay. Yes. We'll be doing that two hours and twenty minutes of brilliance. But we'll Is be it doing two the, hours and twenty minutes long. Yeah. Oh. It's brilliant. Okay. The black and white version. It's on YouTube. I'll watch the edited highlights. Fuck off. Okay. It's great. Yep. And uh, Christmas Evil. Christmas Evil, yep. 
and uh, Rare Exports. Oh yeah, absolutely. How yeah. did you did you watch that one? Already? I have watched it. Okay, already. I'll, I'll, I'll oh yeah, it wasn't on my list. That wasn't. On my, I watched Rare Exports the yeah, other night. Okay, that's, cool. sorry. That, so that's ten films I watched this week. Cool. So and there we, was another we, one as well. Are we going it? to watch another uh, ghost story for Christmas? Do you think or? I think we already have I five we've got films enough on the list. Yes. We'll be fine, we'll get there. Yeah. Anyway. We'll save them for this there for the next seven years. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you all very much for listening once again. We really appreciate yeah. it. You went um, too loud there in my headphones. If you You're screaming. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a comment or uh, on iTunes, that'd be appreciated. Um, but you can find us on Twitter as well, Bodacious Horror and Gil Rokotansky. Um and we're also, uh, always like to say that we're members of the Horrorphilia Podcast and Network, among our yep. friends at <laughs> Develop the Podcast. There's a, there's a firework <laughs> to celebrate. A firework <laughs> to celebrate our membership of the Horrorphilia Podcast and Network. They host our show for free, uh, so check out, uh, check out the website. Audacioushorror.tk as yep. well. And you can also check out all the stuff at horrorphilia.com. Um, where you can also find Phantom Eric and yep. the podcast and some other uh, great shows there. Yep. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next week. Yeah, which will be fun. Yay! Lot of fun. Bye. Tatty Bowls. Greetings, my friend. <laughs>